If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Exact Nature's all-natural CBD-based products are specially formulated to help you lighten the load in recovery, be it with addictive cravings, depression and anxiety, or improving sleep. Founded and run by a father-son team, both in recovery, this issue is personal for them. Learn more at exactnature.com, and as a listener of the Sobriety Diaries, use the code TSD20 to receive a 20% discount at purchase. Again, TSD20 at exactnature.com. I put my mental health first before anything. and so I have to. I have to. Or I will be in a really bad place. Okay, mommy needs her alone time. You know, <laughs> like that. it used to be mommy needs her wine. Her juice. Which, hate that culture, but you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. It was toxic um, culture. Toxic. Happy Sober Day, friends. Welcome to the Sobriety Diaries. My name is Nate. I am a grateful recovering alcoholic seven years from my last drink. The Sobriety Diaries is a video podcast where we share powerful stories of recovery told by those who lived them. Check us out at thesobrietydiaries.com for all things podcast related. And for all our video interviews, head over to youtube.com slash Nate Kelly. Also, please share this podcast with just one person in your life who may still be struggling. You just never know what they may need to hear today. Recovery is possible. Hi friends, today's guest is one of my favorite creators on TikTok and I knew I just had to have her on the Sobriety Diaries to share her story. She took one of the funniest and iconic sitcom characters who is known for her drinking and being an alcoholic, frankly, and turned it into the sober version. And that character is Karen Walker. Her TikTok handle is the sober Karen Walker. And the resemblance is, quite frankly, uncanny. She has told me in other conversations that she didn't even notice the similarities until someone on TikTok brought it to her attention. So then she just ran with it. And it is truly amazing. Today, we talk about how she and her husband really made a decision to change their lives in anticipation uh, for starting a family. Really, she knew deep down that she could not be the mother that she wanted to be living the lifestyle that she was. So she sought out inpatient treatment, and that was over a decade ago. So we've got some long-term sobriety today in our discussion. She is also a huge champion of others' success in sobriety, and she has sober dances that she does and 
really champions those in early recovery. So I love the sense of community that she brings. She puts such a focus on that sense of belonging and that online recovery community that I'm so blessed to be a part of. So we know her as the sober Karen Walker, but let's open the diary on Libby File. I am here with my friend Libby Lou. Is that my last name is File? I don't File. know if I've ever okay. shared that with anyone. I don't know. I'm so weird about it. Like, Are we cool to share it on the pod? Yeah, you could share it. All right, it's great. Cool. I have no shame. I have no shame in our game. Libby File. We <laughs> actually met on TikTok and yeah. we have shared some time on another podcast and just sort of kept in touch and sort of followed each other's journey. And yeah. I usually like just to invite you to start when your last drink was and what led okay. up to it and why it was sure. that day in particular. Absolutely. So my last drink was April 26, 2011. Mm. Um, so yeah, I actually, I was drunk, you can imagine. <laughs> and I decided... Yeah, as we, we tended to be drunk, right? Yeah. I was <laughs> like, hmm, I should probably not do this anymore. And I kind of had like a breakdown to my friend. Um, and I just, I think I need help. Like, you know, I was just drinking way too much. Um, so what kind of led up to it is, I mean, you know, typical anxiety, social anxiety. So I like self-medicated for years. Right. Yeah. So um, I started to drink more and more like as my friends and even my husband were like, oh, we should not party as much. And I'm like, but why? I would like to go party, please. Like, right. It wasn't, yes, please. <laughs> why can't we get drunk during the day on a Sunday? Like, why <laughs> right. not? You know, why can't I skip work and go get drunk? Like, that's, that was just like, I just kept thinking about it all the time. And you know, I found I would... that to sort of as my friends were mature, maturing and finding it yeah. not necessary to be wasted all the time. And yeah. I didn't understand why people were sort of falling off and yeah. acting like adults. And that's when right. I tended to start hiding it because of the embarrassment and, and people not yeah. wanting to be wasted all the time as I did. Right. Yeah. How old were you? I got sober at 33. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So All people right. were definitely getting married, mm -hmm. having kids, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, party. Party. <laughs> <laughs> right, right." Yeah, I was twenty-seven. Yeah, twenty-seven. So you know, and I, I was a newlywed. You know, mm. like, and my husband was like, "Okay, uh, let's." I don't really want to go get drunk. Like, I just want to hang out. You know. Yeah. I'm like, you're boring. <laughs> I have to go drink by myself, and that's right. another thing. I was drinking alone. I was also blacking out alone, like mm. at home, you know, like I remember it was super cold and I was like, oh, perfect. I don't have to worry about leaving the house because it's so cold out. I can just stay home and get drunk. So it was just my life kind of revolved around alcohol mm. and how I could, how I could uh, figure out a way to party, even if protect it was Protect it, right? We all, yeah. I, I always wanted to protect my drinking. So yeah. 
hence the hiding it. And if anyone ever brought anything up, it was like a wall immediately just to protect it. I was, you know, going through like stressful time at work and my husband actually was traveling a lot. So he would travel for work. And so I'd see him just maybe a weekend out of the month. And, you know, I was just coping with alcohol. And that, that was really my, I mean, honestly, my rock bottom, it was just, you know, we were about to move to Colorado. That was kind of our plan to move to Colorado from Oklahoma. And I was like searching houses and I would look up liquor stores that were close to the house that I would look up so that I could like walk there. Like that's how my brain was thinking. Like, okay, that's everything revolved around it. Right. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I can't drive. So if I can walk there, that's great. So that I was like, you know what, this is not normal. This Mm. is totally not normal. I better do something about it before we move. And I have really no one out here to support me. And um, so, yeah, I went to a treatment program for 30 days. So you did inpatient. I did. Yeah. So what was the decision making process like leading up to that? Was hubby involved or was it oh, yeah. a sort of a family decision? Let's talk um, about that. It was kind of like, so I, you know, April 26th, I think it was like a Wednesday or Thursday. And I just said, I need to, I need a break from life. Like, and I need to do it somewhere other than here. Like I, I can't. I don't know if I can do it alone, but I don't want to risk it. So I, you know, my friend kind of helped me look up places and husband, so supportive. He actually quit drinking too, um, shortly after, um, because he just, while I was in rehab, he actually went to like a friend's like gathering or whatever. And he had a drink and he said, this is just really weird. While my wife is sitting in rehab, I can't Mm. just feel good about having a drink. So he quit. Um, and he's been sober with me ever since. So, I mean, he never had a problem. He just, you know, so, so shout out to the, the supportive Kings. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's been a really, really big part of, of my journey, like just really supportive. Um, so if there's any advice out there, you know, I would say have a supportive system in place of the people that you absolutely surround yourself with. Um, but yeah, I actually, I didn't even go to rehab until like five days after I decided to quit Mm. Um, because my aunt had just passed away and I had to go to her funeral. So I had to go to her funeral and then I went to rehab, but I stayed sober the whole time. During those five days? Yeah, I did. Wow. So That's impressive. I was thinking you, I I myself would have had a blowout, you know, just that last hurrah. But that, that speaks to, I guess probably just you were done at that point right yeah we've, we've probably partied ourselves out at that point yeah I was like I I made a decision I'm gonna stick to it um so maybe I could have done it without the the treatment but I honestly was I just needed a break yeah everything so was well, a nice little uh little break from life yeah <laughs> was it a 12-step based recovery program Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. it was in like a really small town in Oklahoma. So very geared towards AA and, you know, your higher power and all of that. And that was a real struggle for me because I am not a religious person. So 
I had a really hard time with that. And so I didn't really rely on AA for my recovery. Mm-hmm. I did it in the program because it was like a requirement, but um, yeah, it was a uh, very, very religious based and I'm just not yeah person. So it was, it was difficult. Yeah, it can definitely be an adjustment. I had, I was so naive to the fact that any recovery programs or sobriety, I didn't even know that like spirituality or religion was a part of any sort of recovery. So it was definitely a surprise, I would say, and adjustment to settling in not only to sort of my life just being thrown uh, for a loop and and being an inpatient treatment center, but uh, sort of adjusting to that as well. Didn't grow up in a religious household, but I was able to I was able to embrace it. And you and I sort of were talking a bit before we started to record. And I have so much respect for um, the 12-step program and uh, truly saved my life. And, you know, I still utilize a lot of the same principles. I may not be present in the rooms as much as I was, but um, it definitely saved my life. And I have so much respect for the program. Yeah. I mean, it is a good program. Like I I was able to pull out pieces that, you know, like making amends was a huge Huge. thing for me, like to people was important for me to say, Hey, I really fucked up. Make it right. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. I was such an asshole. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yeah, it was, um, I had, yeah, I had a hard time with like giving it to a higher power because I didn't really know what my higher power was. And I still don't, to be honest, like I'm not, I haven't really explored that. And I'm just, uh, you know, that's just not on my to-do list at the moment, but (laughs) I was able to pull some, some things out of it that were super helpful. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I think at least for me also with that realization and, understanding that really not drinking was just the tip of the iceberg and introducing the fact that I don't have to lie and be an asshole and like cheat people and steal, you know, it's living a better life and being able to close my eyes at night and feel good about the person that I am and the life that I live now. One of the biggest hurdles in starting a podcast can be the overwhelming thought of all of the technology. Let me tell you, don't let it stop you, especially in the beautiful online recovery space. We could really save lives. So if you have a message that you want to share and a story that you want to tell, the Podcast Host Academy can help you get there. Inside the Podcast Host Academy, you'll find courses on everything from equipment, software and editing, to presentation skills and vocal warm-ups. Click the link in today's show notes for an additional 15% off your subscription to the Podcast Host Academy and alitu.com. That is alitu, A-L-I-T-U dot com. It is such a relief. Yes. I just remember the, like, oh, I don't have to worry about drinking anymore. Like, I don't, 
you know, it's not something I have to think about. I mean, I think about it sometimes, but it's like in a different way, like, oh, you know, sometimes I'll get these little, little tiny, like, darn it. I wish I could just have one Mm -hmm. glass. And then I'm like, and then I walk myself through the, (laughs) the aftermath of what that's going to do to my entire life. One glass for me is usually like face down in the grass outside and (laughs) with no recollection of what, how I got there. Right. So one glass does not exist for me. Right. So alcoholism, obviously we know runs in families. Yeah. It's just all over my family. But um, my aunt was a big member of the AA community. Like for, she was 20, 30 years sober and she, you know, spoke and she went still like after 30 years and she there was one thing that was uh that always like stuck in my mind that she said was there is not enough alcohol in this room to satisfy me so true you know like there's no there is not enough in this room so i'm just gonna have none thank you (laughs) thank you Yes, I saw a actually I reposted a meme today on Instagram where uh, a gentleman said he he treated alcohol like a game and he won like he he went he saw he conquered and he beat the game of alcohol. So he's yeah. done. I love that. That's <laughs> yeah. a, you're a very competitive person. That's right. a good, good way to put it. I like that. <laughs> so. 11 year, it'll be 12 years in April Mm -hmm. then for you. Yeah, Not, you know, necessarily embracing a 12 step program as the core of your recovery. What are some things that you do maybe on a, on a regular basis to fucking have hit 12, 12 years of sobriety? So this is going to sound terrible, but I don't care. I put me first before anyone. Yes. I put myself before my daughter. I put myself before my husband because if I'm not mentally able to be present and, uh, you know, function, then you're going to get a very sad version of me. And so I put my mental health first before anything. And so I have to, I have to or I will be in a really bad place. So and my husband is so, like I said, he's very supportive with that. Like, okay, mommy needs her alone time, you know, <laughs> Love like that. it used to be mommy needs her wine, her juice. Which, which I wasn't <laughs> actually a mom when, when I was drinking. So, um, yay to that. But I, you know, I really related to the mommy needs wine because that's a big, you know, toxic culture. Yeah. Um, so yeah, alone time is very important. I, um, exercise is like my number one priority too, is like, at this point I do it for my brain and my mental health, not so much for like, I want to stay healthy and fit and all that, but like, I need it. If I haven't exercised in a couple, you know, three days, I feel it. I know it's time that I have to go because I just get crazy. It it satisfies that pent up feeling as well right yeah oh yeah Mm -hmm. yes like i love cardio and that just really like it helps me release those stresses and um another thing too is like i have a great job that i you know i I try to not be in super stressful Mm -hmm. situations as far as like my career like i'm not happy in a place I have to move on. Like 
So I've been able to realize that I do best away from people. I need to be <laughs> the people. Yes. The people really make me mad. So I need to be at home where I can be locked in my room all day, not, you know, <laughs> dealing with all the people. So, but I know that about myself. So yeah, that awareness is important. And I think mm -hmm. that that factors into putting yourself first as well and not yeah. settling in a job that makes you miserable every day. Yeah. Cause I was, you know, I'm a teacher. So I, I was, you know, the, the being in the classroom is just not for me anymore. Like yeah. I just can't do it mentally, you know? So are you so more on the like administrative side of things or you teach yes. virtually? Well, I, so I work for an online school, but I okay. am like on kind of the admin side of things where Got I'm it. kind of behind the scenes. I don't work directly with, with students anymore, um, which is another, you know, I need to not blessing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that side of things better. Like I've just kind of moved past thriving in working directly with students. Um, but I, I did spend some time in the classroom. I, I spent two years working in a, uh, like a self-contained um, effective needs classroom where I was working with elementary school students who had serious behavioral issues. And I thought, oh, I have anxiety. I can help them. But that didn't really go well mm. together. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I'm also like very, I'm an empath. So yeah. I can't, I was taking, I just, I took it all. I took it all and I took it home and I did it in the for same way. Years. I couldn't imagine. Long. I would do the exact same thing. I'm such an empath. Yeah. yeah it's, it, it's it tough. was, it was draining. It was draining. Um, and, uh, but I stayed sober the whole time. Love you know? that. Which is just, I mean, the fact that anyone can stay sober during stressful times, like I think is amazing to any, for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned not being a parent while you were still drinking. And I actually just, I recorded an episode yesterday about sort of that mommy wine culture. And can you imagine being still sort of that slave to the bottle and, and having to parent and I, I can't even yeah. imagine, I can't imagine being hungover mm. and having to parent. Cause I, and I, I have one child for that reason too. Like I have one child. That's all I can mentally handle. Yeah. Like it honestly, like, and I know that about myself, I would love to have more children, but I just know I can't like mentally deal with that. So I can't even imagine. Drinking. I know it's tough. We had a great conversation about just how it is this vicious cycle and it just sort of perpetuates itself because you're, you find yourself in this spot of using alcohol just to barely get through the day. And then the guilt sets in at night and it's like, you just have to erase the guilt and, and try to do it all over again. And right. it's, I, um, have so much respect for, for moms who, who get sober, um, yeah. In, in the thick of things because in the thick of it too. Yeah. yeah exactly. Right. Because you already have enough guilt as a mom. Mm. I can't imagine adding like that layer to it because already you're like, you know, you're you're a terrible mom. You suck at everything. Like that <laughs> yeah. it just goes through your head 
as a mom. I, for me anyway, I know a lot of people that that happens hear it. Yeah. I hear it all the time that, yeah. Well, you just see all these, like, I mean, you know, you go through TikTok and you see all these, like, be a gentle parent, you know, do all these like things. And I'm like, okay, are there really parents out there who don't yell at their children? I would like to know. Who are they? Who are they? How do you do it? I don't understand. <laughs> well, don't understand. yeah. Good luck to your children too. If they never have been disciplined or yeah, told no. <laughs> and they'll be fine. They'll yeah. be fine. But you know, it's that, that guilt. But also like you see and no hate because I'm obsessed with the housewives. The of housewives. course, yes. Like they perpetuate such this this wine and this drinking culture, and so I am glad to see that there are more sober people yeah. showing up. Yeah. Um, and hopefully they're just they're actually sober and they're not just like doing it for, you know, like publicity. A sober but, character, like yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I saw Chrissy Teigen on the Today Show the other day. Oh, and she's sober, right? Yeah, she had just hit 100 days, and oh. like last week when she was on the show. And I had that thought when they were interviewing her. Like, is this just to sell her book and to go right. on the Today Show and talk about it? Or, you know, my thought is and my hope is that she's truly you know, doing it for herself and her Mm -hmm. health and her mental wellness. But yeah, to your point, I definitely did kind of question it all the best to Chrissy Teigen, but um, I I definitely thought about that. Yeah. One that I've actually, I don't think it's a publicity stunt is the Selma is Selma Blair. Oh God. I love her. I love her. And I don't watch dancing with the stars that I've seen like a few of her dances and I'm like, amazing. I love you. I read her book. If you haven't read it strong. No, I haven't. Oh my God. It's just talk about like, she talks about how she started drinking when she was like seven years old. Wow. And so to me, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like she almost died. Like, multiple times yes and it's like how have you gotten through life with you know it's a great book if you haven't read it i highly recommend reading it writing it down i'm gonna put it in today's show notes as well Uh, it's such a good such a good book because she's just so open and honest about her her life well we were talking about things that you do in your routine for your sobriety one thing we haven't mentioned yet is your amazing presence on TikTok and (laughs) your support of others in the sober community and your sober dances and all of that fun stuff. So how did the TikTok journey start and what are some of your favorite things about it? Well, so I started making TikToks just like everyone kind of when the pandemic, like I think it was right when in March of 2020 when I was oh, like, right? oh, this, like, this looks fun. Yeah. And so I started making TikToks and I was like, this is so fun. And then I honestly, I didn't really talk about my sobriety much until just a couple of years ago. Like it took a while for me to even just open up. Hey, yeah, I'm sober and I've, I've been through this. And so I, honestly, it was kind of like therapy just kind of sharing my story and sharing just, Hey, that I, Hey, I'm sober. Like that's really, you know, all I did. And then 
started just, uh, I was like, oh, wouldn't it be fun? I love dancing, even though I'm not like a dancer. I just, <laughs> I love dancing. And I was like, what, it'd be cool if I just like, you know, did TikTok dances and people could comment their dates and I could like do a dance and, you know, so really that's just how it started. They're so, so fun. I was lucky enough to get my own TikTok yes. dance on Monday. Thank you so, so you're much. Welcome. And Congrats you say you're not again. a dancer, but that is, I mean, you, you do, you do pretty good oh, for yourself. It is yeah. definitely my therapy. Yeah. Too. Like just supporting others. Like I feel like I'm kind of giving back in a way, you know, for sure. Community piece, I guess. Yeah. I think that is the most important thing that I took from being in the rooms of, of a 12-step program is just a community and yeah. having people that you can turn to. For me, at least, helping others is just as important to me. It's it's that therapy side. It's therapeutic for me. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, I say if if each episode I do can reach one person that that is good enough for me. So yeah, absolutely. definitely therapeutic and mm -hmm. what we do and trying to put the message out there. So yeah. as a, as a peer in the recovery community, thank you for that. Yeah. And you too, for doing this amazing podcast and allowing people to share their story because yeah, it, it can be quite lonely if you don't, if you're not on social media, if you're not on, you know, you're not hearing other people. Like I feel like TikTok has really allowed for that to be more out there. For sure. For know? sure. Yeah. And you make a good point too, after being sober for what, seven, eight, nine years before you really embraced it and put it out there. Uh, it, there's no formula or rhyme or reason to it. Um, you know, I, yeah like to say that I, I try to help people find their voice and maybe those who wouldn't normally share their story or think that their story would help someone. I think sometimes those are the most powerful story. The one, yeah. most powerful ones that we hear are those ones that just kind of hit you like, wow, that's so powerful. I love yeah. hearing like a story that just like hits you in the gut. Right. And, and I think too, like, I didn't share my story for so long because I was like, I don't really have a story. Like yeah. I just, you know, I drank and then I stopped. Like that was, I didn't really have a huge rock bottom, mm -hmm. I guess. I know everyone has their own rock bottom, but so I felt weird sharing because I know other people had way more struggles than I have. Yeah. So it was, and even just being in the treatment program, I was like, oh my gosh, people are here for like three, four, five times. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> this is my last and only time I'll be here. Thank yeah. you. I feel bad for these people. And, you know, I'm so it kind of took a little bit of, well, your story matters too, even though it's not, I don't want to say bad, but yeah, you know, like, like just not as, uh, there, it, there's not like tragedy or yeah. necessarily a lot of trauma. I like to, my friend, my friend, Lisa Lampanelli came on the podcast a couple of times. No and way. Yeah. Yeah. If you I go back in our episodes, she's, yeah. Uh, but she, her. she classifies 
things as trauma with a capital T or trauma with a lowercase t. And it's like the lowercase ones are, you know, what most of us experience in our childhood, maybe some bullying or, uh, you know, a parent's divorce or things that are a little more common than maybe SA or or these big, huge traumatic life events. But that's probably the, the majority of the stories are sort of you and I, run-of-the-mill drunks, as I like to say, and and people that can relate to us and hear their stories and what we're saying. And maybe it could spark something that changes the course of their life. We never know. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like making excuses for my drinking, like, oh, well, I don't really have trauma. I don't really have whatever. I don't have a drinking problem because I don't wake up drinking I don't depend on drinking, so I'm fine, you know, so like sharing my story is just important because I, I could have hid it for a long time because I, people wouldn't, people didn't know and wouldn't really expect it. Like, oh, you have a drinking problem. Yeah. I didn't know that. Right. You know, so sort of pulling the curtain back too on what is the, what is an alcoholic? What is, yeah. is there a, a personality profile? No, it, it does not discriminate. Trust me no. on that. <laughs> no. Libby, what are some parting words for our listeners or some, some takeaways that perhaps someone new to recovery can hear today? Honestly, as cliche as it is, like taking it one step at a time one day one second one minute at a time like that's that is so important I think in the beginning of of recovery is just you didn't drink for that minute awesome yes let's keep going let's you know so I know that's not very profound but it's so true though it I I it's something I still have to remember like if you're in a stressful situation you got to take it one task one second one minute at a time so that you can get through it Absolutely. So true. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Libby File, thank you so much for your time thank today. You for having me. I, I wish love... you could meet in person. I know. I am planning some travels in the spring and mm. Colorado is like high on my list of US places that I have not been to yet. So oh my gosh, well let me know. Never say never. Uh, I will be on your doorstep. Thank you so much for listening today, friends. Hopefully you heard something that resonates with you. And if we help just one person, our job is done. Make sure you check today's show notes for all the information discussed in the episode and how to connect with our guest. And as always, check us out at thesobrietydiaries.com, youtube.com slash Nate Kelly, and on Instagram at thesobrietydiariespod please head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. Friends, it truly helps other people to find the show. And in turn, we can help more people. Until next Wednesday, try your best not to drink and be good to yourself. Bye, everyone.